Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we dive into real conversation about photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And now, let's dive into conversation. All right, Book of Podcast listeners, I'm excited for today's uh, episode because we've got Haley Gaffin on the podcast. And uh, Haley has been the head of digital marketing now with Photographer's Edit for a couple of months. We've been talking about doing an episode like this, but thanks for joining us today, Haley. Yeah, no problem. And I say thanks for joining us as though you, you, you don't have to be here. <laughs> but I guess your willingness to be on the podcast episode uh, is much appreciated uh, regardless. So thanks for doing this. And I'm excited for the conversation for multiple reasons. We've, we have talked about doing kind of an introductory podcast episode for a while. Uh, I want our listeners and, and those associated with Photographer's Edit to get to know you a little bit. Um, you have pretty extensive experience in the marketing realm, and we're going to dive into that topic today. You're also a photographer. Yeah. Uh, started in photography about seven years ago, so we can touch on that topic. In fact, we're going to. That's kind of our, our, our key topic today, centers around photography. But we've also talked about the possibility of doing a, a second podcast, book a podcast episode each week, a variety show or a call-in show or something to that effect. So I'd love for our listeners, if, if you guys have some suggestions with regards to that, don't hesitate to email me directly, Nathan at photographersedit.com, or you can email Haley directly. Haley, that's H-A-Y-L-E-E -E at photographersedit.com. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that idea around I, I, just really a, kind of a fun show. I, I'm thinking something like a, a news show where maybe we focus on a few news topics or some gossip that we've heard in the industry as of late, <laughs> and then use that as kind of a platform to touch on a, a particular topic or two and have photographers call in and give their thoughts and their ideas. Um, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but, but we've talked about the possibility, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to working on that, and that's something that we would co-host. Um, so definitely let us know your thoughts, listeners, and uh, I appreciate you making the time to do that. Um, as we've been doing for the last few episodes... I'd like to start the podcast episode off with some type of value add for those listeners who they started listening to the podcast episode and then for whatever reason they had to shut it off after five minutes. I want to give them something to walk away with, some type of value add. And so what I want to start off with um, is something centered around marketing, Haley, and I want to get your take on what you think photographers, I mean, based on your experience as a photographer and then working in digital marketing now for a number of years and, of course, heading that up for Photographer's Edit now, what is something that you think is holding photographers back when it comes to marketing their business? Well, I think that the biggest thing holding photographers back is just not doing. Um, so many photographers feel like I'm a photographer and not a marketer, and I think that really is just based on an insecurity that they aren't confident in what they're doing but interesting the biggest you know marketing voice that you can have is your own um and just you know sharing on social media like you would share with your friends if you wanted someone to know hey i'm a photographer how would you go about saying that and just continuing to share that because if you're not out there no one knows what you're doing that's a great point and it, and it makes me think about even some conversations that you and i have had um, i've had apprehensions about 
well, first of all, just creating content for the photographers at a brand, even posting myself on my, my personal account on Instagram, but um, creating content for the photographers at a brand, making sure that what we're creating is actually unique because there are so many different voices out there already, right? Whether it's right. post-production companies or other companies in the photo industry, everybody's creating content. Yes. And the last thing that I want to do is just add to the noise, do the same thing that everybody else is doing. But I think this is a really great reminder to simply do. You got to do something yeah. or in 2017, you are kind of invisible to the world. That's correct. Everyone's on social media. And if you're not making your presence known, then you're not on social media, you know? And it really could just start with something as simple as uh, for photographers sharing a recent image from a mm -hmm. wedding or a portrait session that yeah. you photographed. It's really not that, that complicated, is it? Right. Nope. <laughs> At the end of the day that we have to do, and that's a good reminder for me professionally and personally. So thanks for starting us off with that. Now, speaking of marketing, you are now heading up digital marketing at Photographer's Edit. And uh, I have to say, by the way, that you've done a wonderful job. In Thank fact, you. I think I've probably complimented you nonstop <laughs> since you started with us a couple of months ago. It's been such a, a relief, really, to have somebody on board to um, to help me and help the Photographer's Edit team with our, our online presence, very simply, whether that's through the website or through our social media accounts or otherwise, uh, through email newsletters and so forth. But when you came on board with Photographer's Edit, what were some of the challenges that, that you felt like photographers edit or maybe even still faces um, whether we faced it at, at the time that you came on board or, or still facing now maybe something that is a challenge ongoing for the PE brand um, what would you say that challenge is specifically when it comes to communicating with both our existing clients and our potential clients and I think I think this is relevant not just for kind of industry business owners but for photographers as well because at the end of the day we have to figure out how to effectively communicate to those who might want to use our service right Right. So with potential clients, I've found that the biggest issue is being able to explain what Photographer's Edit is in very few words. Because while we are a custom editing house, that doesn't exactly say everything that we can do. That's a great point. So being able to grab their attention to send them to our website or send them to a landing page in as few words as possible has been a challenge for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've dealt with it too. Well, I think, I think my tendency is toward minimalism. Mm -hmm. I kind of tend to, to go to the opposite extreme though and say too little. Right. And, and you're making a really wonderful point, which is that we can say, hey, we're a custom editing house. Mm -hmm. But a lot of photographers, it doesn't necessarily strike a chord with them. They don't know exactly what it means, as you said. So we have to figure out how to expound on that. Or if we're going to start with that very simple idea then send them to a place where they can get more information that, that does effectively expound on the idea. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, and I know we've talked about this multiple times of uh, our ads not saying everything that the landing page says. So right. trying to find a happy medium there for mm -hmm. potential photographers is, is kind of a challenge. Well, and I think this idea is relevant to, to, to photographers. Uh, we talk a lot about brand position on the Boca podcast. Mm -hmm. And if you can't effectively communicate what your brand position is, and no longer do we have the opportunity for a 60-second or even a 30-second elevator pitch, this idea of an elevator pitch, being able to communicate what your brand is about, and specifically for photographers, their photography business is about, you need to be able to do it really, really quickly, five seconds or less, just a few words, at least to communicate the main idea. And then take some time to think about how you can effectively expound on that, maybe with another five or 10 seconds. Um, but I think this is 
this is an interesting challenge that we all face, not just at Photographers Edit, but also for photographers as a whole. But that's for potential clients. What about existing clients? So for existing, my I think my biggest um, hurdle has been trying to figure out, well, specifically on social media, of we're not actively pushing sales on our social media platforms, right. which I've worked in advertising before and a lot of it has been, let's push sales, push sales, but you know, we're not providing anything for our followers if we're doing that. So if, if anyone follows us on social media, you know that we're sharing images of our clients that, that they're doing, or we're sharing Boca podcasts or um, just content that could be an inspiration to our, our clients and right. it's not a selling at all. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I've been in the photography industry for now about 16 years or so. And I've seen it, I've kind of seen it all. I feel like, you know, and, I, and I've even now as a, I'm no longer photographing. I, I photographed weddings for about 10 years or so, but the last wedding I shot was in 2012. So it's been a while, uh, but still being in the photo industry as an industry business owner, you constantly are bombarded with, with ads. And as I mentioned earlier, when it comes to content, just like with content, the last thing that I want to do is bombard our users with the noise of ads, right? If they're constantly being bombarded with, Hey, you need to buy this or you need to do that. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm just so jaded by that because we see it all the time, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or, or otherwise. And so that's the last thing that I want to do for our existing users. But the flip side to that, and, and actually not so ironically, I've had multiple people say about the Boca podcast specifically, hey, you need to talk about Photographer's Edit a little bit more. <laughs> because the reality is at the end of the day, we, we do offer a service that is extremely valuable. It literally gives photographers their lives back. So the challenge there is kind of finding the balance between adding value yeah. <laughs> uh, with content that hopefully is actually unique, that's something different. Uh, and I feel like we have something different to, to offer with the Boca podcast. Uh, but then at the same time, reminding them of the value of the service that, that we actually offer at the end of the day. And so, um, yeah, this is this is good. These are good talking points, not just for industry business owners, but also for the photographers that are listening in. And uh, I think a challenge that we all face, and I think it'd be interesting maybe to further dive into this topic in another podcast episode, whether we have a guest on or it's just something that, that we discuss, how to how to find that balance effectively of adding value, but then also selling. Right. And there's a book that um, Gary Vaynerchuk, many of you probably know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, but um, there's a book that he wrote called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And it actually deals very specifically with this topic. If you haven't read that book, uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. Make sure that you check it out uh, and you'll get, you get some really wonderful insight on that topic, but it might be something we have to come back to. So I mentioned that you were a photographer for about seven years, or you've been a photographer for about seven years. Um, I know that's not something that you're actively pursuing at this point, but how did you originally move from the photography space actually before even that how did you get into photography in the first place and then how did you make that transition from photography into marketing and working with photographers at it yeah so um it's a very cliche answer of okay. i've always had a camera in my hand since yeah. i was a child yeah um my family jokes, a film camera to start no. with always <laughs> no. digital interesting it was digital. okay um I, well, technically it was one of those disposable cameras. Okay. Yep. Um, but I remember every Christmas I would ask for a new camera. It didn't matter if I had just gotten one, I wanted the latest and the greatest. Mm -hmm. And, um, my family to this day still jokes about it, how it didn't matter what camera I had. I always wanted another camera. Okay. Um, so I have a very large collection of <laughs> point and shoot cameras. Oh, do you really? Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, do you have a favorite? 
No, I don't carry any of them with me. I use my iPhone now. <laughs> it is the most convenient for sure. Yeah. But so that's kind of how I, you know, got into it. Uh, but then in high school, I joined a photography club and really kind of developed my passion then. And I got a power shot okay. um, camera, which is still a point and shoot, but it was more higher end than my tiny little digital cameras. Um, but then I went into college and had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And so I thought, well, I'll just waste up my classes with a photography class. <laughs> and he made me get a DSLR. Interesting. Okay. The first time I realized, oh, I don't know anything about photography. Um, well, and were you excited about the excuse to buy another camera? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so I did that and then uh, just started shooting for friends and family to make a little extra money in college. Mm -hmm. And that was the start of it. Um, as soon as I started posting pictures, more people were asking me. And it wasn't like I was a wonderful photographer at the time. It was just... I was doing it and people were wanting to support it. Right. Um, and then I took another photography class where we kind of talked about advertising and how ads are created, especially with photography. And then that sparked my interest. And I declared a major of advertising because we didn't have a photography degree at the school I went to. Okay. And then just fell in love with advertising and got an internship and continued to do photography on the side ever since I've just loved advertising. So, so you kind of did both at the same time yes. and really all along the way. Mm -hmm. So I've been uh, working in advertising for about four years, Okay, still doing photography up until earlier this year. I kind of cut back on it and realized that long-term I wanted my career to be in advertising and marketing and for photography to kind of be a hobby rather than a career. That makes sense. Were you shooting both weddings and portraits? Yes. Or? Okay. Yes. I was doing both. Um, I did my first wedding about six years ago, and my last one was earlier this year. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, I, I think something that we need to go back to that you touched on, this is really, really important, especially for photographers who are interested in getting into the profession or just getting started and trying to figure out how to get started. That very simple idea that all you were doing was just talking about the fact that you were a photographer, whether it was a conversation with a friend or family member or otherwise. People knew that you took photographs. It didn't, right. it didn't require a massive marketing campaign on your yeah. part to get the word out there. It was just basic conversation. And we have the absolute luxury of being so connected, particularly through Facebook, but other social media platforms as well these days, that there's really no reason why you can't kind of capitalize, at least on your immediate network. You know, when you have two, three, four thousand friends on Facebook, most of those people you're not closely associated with. But if you were at least having conversations with your immediate network of 10, 20, 50 people, maybe even 100 people, and making sure that they are aware of the fact that you're beginning to offer portrait sessions or that you're shooting weddings, just that little bit of effort, that simple conversation can at least give you the opportunity to begin to develop a portfolio. And then the word of mouth can help kind of build the business from there. Exactly. That's, that's exactly how it happened with me. I didn't even have a a business Facebook page until a year after I started photographing. I had taken a web design class in college and he said, pick a topic, build a website on it. And I thought, well, I need a photography website, I guess, okay. and built it. And then that's when people started asking me, oh, well, you need a business page or you need to start sharing more on social media because it was mostly just friends and family giving people my number and saying, hey, give her a call. She wants to you know, start photography. And that's how it happened. And, and, and again, it's so simple. It's just simply 
it just, it's just the, the effort of letting people know that this is what you're doing. And it doesn't take much more than a text message or a post on Facebook or a direct message through Facebook mm -hmm. Messenger or otherwise. Just that little bit of effort because, again, we have this wonderful technology that we can capitalize on. We can get the word out that we're beginning in that field and uh, we can use that as a platform. Again, at least you, you may not be charging a lot of money up front, but you can at least build your portfolio to develop that website that yeah. you were talking about. And then from there, um, uh, further establish price points and work to build your, your business network, begin to network with, with local vendors in the area, especially if you're a wedding photographer yeah. and um, capitalize on the opportunity to, to get referrals from some of your clients, some of your beginning clients. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really not overly complicated in the end. And I love that. E even your, your initial advice of just doing at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff's not so complicated. We don't need to kind of sit around and him and ha. Um, we just need to start doing and we can see some results. So that's a great reminder again of that very fact. Now there is a, I kind of want to transition to really what is our, our key topic today. Um, and it centers around the idea of permission for use of images. Copyright uh, is, is another related topic. Uh, but we see in the news a good bit these days conversation about professional photographers' images being used without permission. And we also see it just on Facebook groups or on Facebook. People are talking about, wedding photographers in particular are talking about Hey, so-and-so vendor, mostly, I think most of the time they're not actually mentioning names, at least initially, but they're saying, hey, so-and-so vendor came along and, and I saw that they're using my image on their site or on their Facebook page or Instagram, and they're not actually mentioning who I am. They're not actually giving me credit for my work. Is this something that you ran into as a photographer? I Only a few times. I didn't run into it a whole lot, but um, the few times that I did kind of made me realize that something needs to be done, not not shaming the vendors, but right. more on the, on the side of, did I do what I was supposed to do to educate them on, you know, this isn't how you share photos. Right. So I guess the idea behind it is you can either hate it and cry about it, or you can do something about it. Yes. Um, I love the mentality. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's proactive versus reactive, right? Right, right. Because it is very easy to, to complain about it, and, and for pretty good reason. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's not, that's not actually helping anything. Right. And another thing to consider, too, is while I have this piece of work that I, I hold so valuable to me um, in my photographs, so does the hairstylist that styled my bride or the florist that did the floral arrangement. That is their artwork. And if it wasn't for them, what what would I have to photograph? So while I see it as copyright and legally there is a copyright on it, they don't have the luxury of saying, hey, I made this floral arrangement or I did this bride's hair. That's my artwork yep. that you're sharing. Yep. So I think it's kind of putting yourself in their shoes to say, you know, if that was me, I would I would want some credit too. So... One thing you can do too is reach out to these vendors and make relationships with them because for me, I know that at least 75% of the weddings I've shot came from vendor referrals. At first, it started with friends and family referring, sure. but you know, one of the hairstylists of my weddings has given me at least 40% of my referrals came from her. From the hairstylist. That's Be interesting. Yes, okay. because hairstylists already have a relationship with their existing clients. Right. And my personal hairstylist is 
I mean, I've gone to her for 10 years now. So obviously she's going to do my hair for the wedding. There's no question about it. Right. But for all of the other girls out there, they already have their hairstylists. So building those relationships is really important too. So, and I'm, I'm hearing the, the kind of the theme there being relationships. Yes. Which is, is really a, an ongoing theme. It's funny, even with technology, the way that it's changing, at the end of the day, it's relationships. Whether it's mm-hmm. a kind of an insignificant connection on Facebook or an, an in-person relationship that you might have with a wedding vendor like you were talking about. Um, I want to I take just a quick step back, though. When you're... When you're talking about uh, acknowledging somebody's work uh, online, it really these days it's there's it, it's not that difficult to do. It can be something as simple as just tagging the business or right. tagging the person individually. And while we want credit for our work, I think it's interesting that you mentioned too that we need to make sure that we're actually giving credit for the work of the florist, the work of um, the salon. Uh, mm-hmm. Or the person that's the hairstylist that that's doing the work for this bride, the, the picture that we're posting of this bride, making sure that we're giving them credit, and I think that's really fair, and it's again very proactive mentality that you have. But let's let's kind of go step by step, if you don't mind. What I'd love for you to do is just to have uh, kind of walk the, our our photographers that are listening through the process that that you went uh, through to make sure that you've established again, it's a very proactive effort. Uh, to establish a really great working relationship with these vendors and maybe even a workflow um, that you went about so that you're it's it's not so much asking I think for credit as it is enabling them right again it's very proactive versus reactive so will you kind of walk our listeners through this that process yeah so the first thing is obviously to get permission from the bride and groom Um, I know I've dealt with a few brides and grooms that are very private and they don't like to have their information on the internet or anything like that. So I, if, if a bride or groom has an issue with it, I'm not one to fight it. I won't post their pictures, um, which means none of my vendors get to post them either. Right. But getting that permission from them in writing and making sure that they're okay with you sharing with their other vendors um, so that, you know, everyone's happy. <laughs> right, for sure. And, and that's really just as simple as kind of building that into your contract, the contract right. that they're signing with you when they book a particular package, yeah. uh, whether it's a portrait client or a wedding client, mm-hmm. um, that they're, you're building that in the contract and, and then they can sign off on that or not, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the second thing would just be asking them for a vendor list. Um, more than likely they have one. I know going through a wedding planning not too long ago that I had a very detailed planner with every email, phone number, social media accounts, everything wow. I had. Okay. So getting that from the bride and groom so that you have it and you don't have to figure out for yourself who all was responsible for each thing at the wedding. Yeah. So grabbing all of that information from the bride and groom. And then if you get that before the wedding, take 30 minutes to find all their social accounts. If you don't already follow them. I know here in the local Chattanooga market, I follow almost every wedding vendor there is right now yeah. because I've either worked with them or I've wanted to work with them. Sure. And it wouldn't take much effort either to just send them a quick DM, you know, yeah. through Instagram or Facebook and say, Hey, if you don't already know them, of course, um, Hey, we're, we're getting ready to work on this event this weekend. So-and-so client, let me know that, that you're going to be on that too. Excited to meet you. Excited to work together. Let me know if there's anything I can do. It would take all of, especially if you just, if, if you created a template that you could just copy right. and paste into a message. It would take all of 15 seconds to send a message to exactly. somebody. And it, it's the beginning of that relationship that you're talking about. Yeah. And so after you gather all that information, the next thing is, you know, the wedding happens. And when I'm at a wedding, I've always made sure that if I saw another vendor there, that 
I went out of my way to speak to them, let them know, hey, I love your cake that you decorated. I'll, I'll be sending you pictures if you'd like. That way they're expecting the pictures. They know it's coming. You're creating some accountability for yourself too. Yes. You kinda, yeah. <laughs> You've told them you're going to do this now. You got to actually follow through. Correct. And yeah. a lot of times I've had vendors come to me and say, hey, do you mind sending me pictures? Right. And I've, I've heard of photographers finding that rude. But at the same time, like I've said already, I feel like it's kind of a gift to give them to build that relationship. And photographers every, say that it's rude. Yeah, because really? they're asking for your work unpaid. You know. Oh my goodness! Wow. And I mean, I can see the point behind it, like that kind of I'm doing their marketing for them if I'm taking their pictures. But at the same time, they're creating so much beauty for you to take pictures of. Well, that's true. Not only that, but then they ultimately are a, a referral source as well, Correct. right? You're giving yeah. them an image or two or five or ten, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like it took you extra time to do that. You're already doing that for the client. Yeah. To, to put together a gallery of, of, of images or just send some files to this vendor gets them that much more excited about your brand. I'm amazed at, at kind of the entitled mentality that exists in the, <laughs> the photo industry these days. Um, you know, whether it comes to something like this with the photos or vendor meals or otherwise, like we have a job to do. And at the end of the day, we should be doing the things that are going to ultimately help build our company. Um, that means focusing on providing a good experience for the client and focusing mm-hmm. on being the photographer. Uh, right. And that really doesn't come with a whole lot of entitlement at the end of the day. We have a job to do. But then the other piece is building the relationships. And this is a, an incredible opportunity to build a relationship, to give something of value. It starts with adding value to the other person. Uh, rather than just simply expecting something from them. And I think this is a great opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, and would you say, if you don't mind me interrupting yeah. too, what, would you say that, what, how, how did you actually send those images? Would you actually put together a gallery or would you just send them the digital files or how did you do that? Yeah, so um, most photographers will send a sneak peek or post a sneak peek the day of or the day after. I was never a day of. Okay. <laughs> and I, after a wedding, I'm exhausted. And you're talking about on Facebook or the blog yeah. or something like uh, that? Yeah, on Facebook specifically. But... Um, I know a lot will send out the high resolution images to the couple as well. Okay. And so when you're when you're going through and pulling, you know, those five or ten images that you're gonna send to them, take an extra five, ten minutes and pull, you know, the flowers or the cake or the uh, the venue and send it out to those vendors as well at the same time so that they're not waiting six weeks or four weeks or however long it takes you to deliver a full gallery because by the end of fall if you're giving them a fall wedding it's really irrelevant at that time that's true yeah because winter weddings look different than fall weddings sure so just getting that gallery together sending it out to the full list but make sure that you're delivering them with instructions to say i'm providing you these images with the expectation that you don't edit crop or filter them and give me photo credit and then when you're doing that you're also sharing on your own social media accounts and saying all tagging all of the vendors so that mm-hmm. they see how you did it. Right. So that expectation is already set and they can do it the same way. And, I, and again, I like that very proactive approach, which is uh, not just simply sending the images out and hoping or expecting them to give credit and, and to do it in a particular way. But along with that, just to give really simple instructions. And I think a great idea here again would be just to maybe even create a, a template of sorts um, that you can copy and paste and share to the vendor that says, Hey, when you share, if you just want to copy this, you know, this bit of information and in to your post, that would be great. That'd be awesome. Uh, but being very proactive in that instead of kind of reacting after the fact to the fact that this vendor just posted an image, didn't do it in a format that you really appreciated or didn't even give you credit at all. 
um, I think being proactive in, in this regard is really, really helpful to kind of minimize any potential drama, but then ultimately to help develop a relationship too. And the fact that you're kind of setting the example by posting the images and going ahead and tagging that vendor, I think is really smart. Yeah. And doing that, you know, also allows them to, to be educated and knowing this, this is how it should work for all vendors, all photographers. I should be giving them credit and hopefully in return, they will give me credit as well. For sure. For sure. Well, I I think this is a really good um, reminder for our listeners. For those of you who aren't already proactively working to establish relationships with, especially if you're event photographers, uh, but even portrait photographers, certain vendors in the area may be good to collaborate with. One of the things that, um, that you can do, especially in a smaller market, is maybe collaborate with local children's clothing stores, for example. If you're a, a baby portrait or children's portrait photographer, uh, that might be a great place to develop a relationship with a store owner and put some of your images in that particular store. That's just one example of a relationship you can develop as a, as a portrait photographer. But particularly if you're a wedding photographer, event photographer, developing those relationships, it takes proactive effort. It doesn't even take that much effort, but proactive effort on your part uh, to reach out, to begin to develop genuine relationships. But then when you actually have the opportunity to photograph an event or a portrait session that's, a, uh, session that's associated with that particular vendor, again, very proactively taking that. I mean, it doesn't take that much time, right? Just like, right. The, just like sending a simple DM prior to the event, introducing yourself, grabbing a few images from the gallery that you just processed, and sending that to them takes all of an additional you know, two or three minutes maybe. And, and sending along with that maybe a suggestion as to how they can give you credit when they post those images online. You set the example uh, when you post images that uh, have that vendor associated with it, whether it's a florist or uh, a baker or, um, or location or otherwise, making sure that you're tagging them so they see, hey, oh, this is how I should go about doing it, setting that example. Um, I think this is a really great point of reference for not only new photographers, but existing photographers. And you mentioned getting 40% of your, your wedding business from your hair stylist. Correct. Um, I, I'd have to, I have to kind of guess at the percentage of business that we got from a local wedding vendor. I've, I've mentioned multiple times in the Boca podcast before, uh, but through soirees, which is still a local uh, wedding coordinating, uh, wedding coordinating. In fact, we actually had Morgan from soirees, owner of soirees on the podcast a number of episodes ago. But at the time, we were working with a girl named Taylor, and Taylor would literally come and sit in our office and meet with the potential client, bring this potential client to us, sit and meet with me and this client, and they would bring, um, she would actually kind of talk them through not only our process, but we're looking at the albums, and she's, you know, isn't this beautiful work, and, and doing the sales for me because we had established an active working, not just a working relationship, but a great personal relationship with her as well. And so these types of relationships are extremely, extremely important for building your photography business. And part of that relationship is doing something as simple as giving them credit and then proactively asking them to give you credit as well when it comes to posting images on social media. This is a very real topic um, uh, that that all of us as professional photographers have to deal with at this point. And uh, this is a really wonderful recommendation on your part as to how to go about that process very simply and very proactively. I love it. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things we're in right now is this community over competition mm-hmm. kind of era. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think that some people may get confused is your community is only in your industry hmm. of photography or of florists or whatever your you know specialty might be. Sure. But really considering the community should be the industry as a whole. 
and just building off of that because I, I know in our market here in Chattanooga, our community or our photography community is all about community. There's groups, everyone's encouraging everyone. So just knowing that that's out there, but it could be bigger. It could be for the entire wedding industry. And I think, I think kind of proactively setting that example, uh, kind of like what we were talking about, even when it comes to posting images, but setting that example of, of community over competition. Um, I think, I know that when I started in the, the, the local market, and this is, well, 15, 16 years ago, um, it was a different market. It was a very traditional market, you know, very traditional style of photography, a very traditional approach to, to networking. You had to pay to go to a networking group, you know. Um, and that changed, fortunately, over the years uh, to where photographers just wanted to get together and, and develop relationships, hang out with like-minded people. And uh, ultimately, of course, that can lead to potential business, too. You refer business to each other. But I think setting that example of, of prioritizing community over competition is really important. And uh, we have the opportunity to do that both in person at various networking events, but also online in the way that we're sharing about other vendors online when we post these images. So it's a good reminder as well. So I, I, I think I think we're going to kind of close things out here. But what I'd like to do, well, a couple of different things. First of all, if, if you will tell our listeners, um, really kind of remind our listeners where they can find both the Photographer's Edit uh, Instagram accounts as well as Boca Podcast Instagram accounts. If they're not already following, um, as we talked about earlier, they're great sources of inspiration, imagery, as well as quotes from the, the podcast interviews. Where can they find those online? Yeah, so if you just go to photographersedit.com, uh, that's the website, and then at Photogs Edit on Instagram, Twitter, and then Photographer's Edit on Facebook. Um, and we'll link to all those in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think there's a little bit of confusion. Sometimes people are like, Photogs Edit. And I'll, I'll actually have photographers say to me, refer to the company as Photogs Edit. <laughs> I think when I, when I first created the Instagram account, this was years ago, I think Photographer's Edit was too long of a, of a username. They wouldn't mm -hmm. actually allow it. So I had to figure out something that was shorter. So it's Photogs Edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T, Photogs Edit. Uh, is the username. But you guys make sure if you're not following those Instagram accounts, uh, if you want some inspiration from the imagery uh, from our wonderful photographers at its clients, uh, as well as um, some inspiration from the podcast episodes. We've got a variety of, of guests on. We're going to have a variety coming up as well. I'm pretty excited about. And um, and then we're, we're also going to be exploring this, this additional podcast episode. So again, as I encourage you guys at the beginning, let us know your thoughts about the idea of a kind of an old school call-in show. It was like a call-in radio show uh, or, or if nothing else, just a really s a simple variety show. Maybe we focus on a particular topic for the day or we delve into a number of topics and then end up landing on a particular one. And we, we discuss that, whether that's you or me, Haley, uh, or we have somebody joining us or two or three photographers joining us for the conversation. We'd like to figure out what this, this um, format might look like. If you guys have ideas or suggestions, please throw those out there. And you can email me directly, Nathan at photographersedit.com, or you can email Haley directly, Haley at photographersedit.com. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But thanks for making the opportunity to, uh, or creating the opportunity to, to have this conversation today, Haley. I'm excited about what we're going to be doing together for Photographers Edit. And, uh, but I, I really appreciate you kind of lending your experience and advice to our listeners. No problem. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast. Please let us know what you thought by leaving us a review in iTunes. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me 
Nathan at PhotographersEdit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit PhotographersEdit.com. <laughs>